I'm very excited to talk about Encanto with you. Oh, me too. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so dude, excited. Dude, I think both of us have a lot of things to say about Encanto. <laughs> I, I could do two episodes on Encanto probably. I have so much to say. There's a lot to like about this movie. And I think yeah. a lot more than a lot of Disney movies that have come out recently. Like yeah. I think this is one of the best Disney movies to come out in years. Uh-huh. Hello and welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric, and I'm here with my co-host Torvald, and Howdy. we today are going to be talking about Disney's 2021 film, Encanto, the newly beloved modern classic. Dude, I'm going to ask you the same question about Encanto that my children asked me when we finished Encanto. <clears throat> Who would win in a fight? Luisa? Or Knuckles, the Echidna. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh. That was the Ooh. first thing they asked me when the credits rolled. <laughs> I guess they've never seen another I mean, strong character Well, yeah, before. I was going to say, I guess maybe a better matchup would be like Mr. Incredible or Wreck-It yeah, Ralph, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, oh, gosh, that's tough. I love Luisa. Dude, um, Luisa's so cool. But, you know, I think if we were to make a list of all their feats of strength, uh, Knuckles would win because oh, yeah. uh, Lisa doesn't wins. do much in this movie. No, we I might mean, dude, talk about that a little. <laughs> we will talk about that. Oh my gosh, maybe they'll have a sequel about Luisa someday. Who knows, dude? Yeah. I mean, Knuckles the Echidna, he exploded Mammoth Mogul, who was sucking out his powers simply by allowing him to suck out his power, yeah, by doing <laughs> nothing. Like, hey, you want my power? Take my power. <laughs> just like, try so it, much dude. Power. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> it was so much, so much killed him. <laughs> Exploded him. So, so yeah, never I did that. No, Knuckles, Knuckles can beat anyone. We're referencing Archie Comics version of Knuckles and their lead writer, Ken Penders, just loved Knuckles. And a lot of the fans hated that he loved Knuckles because for whatever reason, a lot of the fans of the Sonic comic were Sonic fans. I... <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> How weird. Dude. <laughs> we weren't. We were Knuckles fans. <laughs> I only bought Sonic comics for Knuckles. I think Encanto is a really interesting movie because at first it seems like it doesn't really have a villain, but actually it does have a villain if you really yeah. look at it. A despicable, horrendous, unforgivable, <laughs> yes. unredeemable villain. <laughs> I agree. So there is one person, if you pay attention, there is one person who is causing all of the problems in the movie. <laughs> and of course it is the grandma, uh, Abuela, and she is the cause of the family crumpling. Well, that leads right into my trigger warning, which is, Yes. For this episode, trigger warning, we do talk about Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, be careful, guys. <laughs> but also, um, if you are a person who got to the end of this movie and was like, wow, Abuela was totally redeemed. No. And I actually like her. Ugh. Then maybe this is trigger warning is for you. So I absolutely love this movie. It's the attention really to detail good. in this movie is just insane. The characters are, ma the characters are, amazing. are amazing. The songs are some of the best we've had in a long time. But I am going to critique it a lot. I do that because I'm a writer and it's my job to dissect stories. And some people don't seem to understand that, like, I was really surprised when I learned that people got mad at me because they thought I hated everything when I'm talking about things that I genuinely like, but I'm critiquing them. Like, someone I know very close thought that I hated Harry Potter for years, and she wouldn't talk to me about oh, Harry no. Potter 
Oh, but I love so Harry many Potter. episodes on Harry Potter. <laughs> we love Harry Potter. I know. <laughs> I absolutely love Harry Potter. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. I am going to critique this movie. We are going to maybe say some bad things about some characters you might like. I don't know why you would. About Abuela. <laughs> what do you think was better, Encanto or Frozen? What? Are you kidding me? What the? God, stupid question. I mean, it's a tough one. Oh, I don't know. The only good thing about Frozen was it's Let It Go. Let It Go. It had one good song. No, it had that song about ice. It had like little rock trolls. Oh my God. No. So. I love how they intricately weaved this story and at the end reveal that Abuela is the cause of, you know, the family and the house crumbling. She's the cause of the pressure, the cause of the hate and the strife and the fighting and the secrets and the the scorning of poor Bruno. Poor Bruno. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Poor Bruno. Bruno. when, when When I finished this movie, I was... I was so ready as the movie neared its climax to be like, holy cow, like, wow, Disney has got some balls making Abuela into the bad guy. (laughs) And then they just pulled it all back. Oh, we're going to talk about that. There's no redeeming Abuela after what she did to Bruno, her son, (laughs) and Mirabelle, her granddaughter. Oh, no, there isn't. There isn't. Oh, mm. unless... Perhaps Mirabelle is not her granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Here are the theories for today. One is that Abuela is abusive and represents the cycle of abuse. Um, so, hey, that maybe that should be part of my trigger warning, too. We might talk about some family abuse, emotional abuse. The most important theories here are we want to prove that... The big theory. Casita, the house, is actually Abuelo, the grandpa, yeah, Pedro. Pedro. The other fan theory that I really like... The biggest bombshell of this episode... We definitively know why Mirabelle did not get a gift. And that is because she is not part of La Familia Madrigal. What? We will go over why we believe that. But she is not genetically related to Pedro Madrigal. She is not Julieta's daughter. (laughs) The casita and the candle, they can only give powers to people of the same genetic line as Pedro. And, you know, we might as well just launch into it is that there are two people in this movie who do not have a gift, who do not have powers. Who are those people? That is Abuela, of course, and Mirabelle. Right. And there are two people in the Madrigal family who are not genetically related to Pedro Madrigal. Who are those two people? Well, if you ask me, I mean, of course, there's Abuela and Mirabelle, who is, in fact, the product of a scandalous affair that her her dad had with somebody else. Yeah, someone, yeah, who we may not know. (laughs) No. Let's go over the flashback. This starts with a typical Disney opening, a flashback within a flashback. Within a flashback. Because all Disney movies have to start with at least three or four flashbacks. Raya and the Last Dragon was the worst, and Frozen, too. Like, ugh. But in the in this flashback, uh, Abuela and Abuelo, they're on the run, I guess. And Grandpa dies protecting them, apparently. <laughs> like, it's kind of unclear what actually happened. Even though this is set in Colombia, I think they specifically didn't really want to say an exact time period. 
Most people believe that this movie starts in that flashback in the early 1900s, because in the early 1900s, there was a war called the Thousand Years War or something like that in Colombia. So they think that's what was going on. And the fact that the soldiers are carrying swords, yeah, um, which means that the rest of the movie, which is 50 years later, probably takes place in either the 50s or 60s. Okay. I might say closer to the 60s, and I'll give a reason for that later. But... um. Perhaps the reason they don't say exactly what happened to Pedro is because Abuela is talking to Mirabel and she's like really little kid. <laughs> so she doesn't yeah. say, and then they, he was hacked apart. No, I know. <laughs> by, <laughs> by a, an evil regime. Either way, whatever happened, it appears that he died protecting them. And all of a sudden, when that happened, you can see his ghostly love energy entering that candle that the grandma is huddled around and then it protects her family it destroys those bad guys <laughs> it rips them yeah, to dude, shreds <laughs> and crazy. it creates the casita and it looks to me like it creates the entire village as well yes okay yeah so and this was not clear to me until probably my fifth viewing of the movie which is one of the things i love about this movie there's such a high attention to detail and world building yeah, that every time definitely. you watch it you like, find something so. new I did not realize, Encanto refers to sometimes several different things in this movie, but actually refers to the magical valley in which they live, which is completely closed off from the outside world and totally surrounded by cliffs on all sides. And oh. it is implied, though never outright stated, that no one ever leaves and no one ever comes in. And Abuela runs this kingdom of her own. That's true. She's <laughs> Through the, the power right. of her children. That's interesting. <laughs> Well, I mean, no wonder she's so desperate to convince everyone that the magic is yeah. strong. Yeah. Well, either way, Abuelo Pedro, his ghostly love energy went into that candle to bless and watch over his family forever. But only his family, <laughs> only his relatives, his direct blood relatives. Right. Because Abuela never gets any powers. She does not get a power. She has a door, unlike, unlike poor Mirabel, <laughs> but uh, she doesn't have any powers. Well, and also, I think her room is a little different because it seems to have a window. I think it's just a normal room. That's true. The other rooms don't really Those seem like they have real. windows because yeah, they're, they're like, like pocket dimensions. dimensions. <laughs> mm. And that's also why Mirabelle has no powers. Her dad clearly <laughs> cheated on her mom. And then <laughs> to avoid any sort of shame for the family, Abuela was forced to adopt Mirabelle into the family yeah. and sweep the whole affair under the rug. And I think that she had hoped Mirabelle would get powers because she had no idea how it worked. She's just like, well, let's hope she gets powers like right. everyone else. And then, oops. I agree. And like, <laughs> I think there's ample evidence in this movie to suggest that that's exactly what Abuela would do. It's she totally would what she not would let it get out that there was some sort of affair. She would say, this is my daughter, Mirabelle. And I think there's also ample evidence in this movie to show that that is exactly what Mirabelle's father would do. Both cheat on his <laughs> wife and sweep it under the rug. <laughs> so let's get into it. <laughs> so we know that from when she was a child, Mirabelle has been told by Abuela, make your family proud for Abuela. Mm -hmm. It's all about pride. When Mirabelle leaves her room, the house helps put shoes on her feet. And she says, morning, Abuelo, as she leaves her room to the picture of Pedro on the wall. Yeah, no, he looks right at him and says, good morning. 
Right. And as, then the house she's is also like greeting her out. It's like, right. get out of here, you spawn of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor Mirabel. Uh, I gotta say, Abuela's door is front and center in the casita. We see it. Julieta and Peppa have doors on either side of her, to her left and right. Yeah. She obviously favors them. Where mm-hmm. is Bruno's door? Bruno? It's like way he down the hall. He got his before any of the other kids. He and should have door anyway. It's not in the it's main the part of the hacienda. Of it's the like house, off in a yeah. corner. Why? Mm-hmm. No, it's at the end of one of the halls. It's insane. Like apparently they already hated Bruno and sent him to live far, far <laughs> well, away from them. And it's possible that Casita can rearrange its rooms. Like it can obviously yeah, kind of change. Yeah, I guess. It's like no so one maybe uses he this room anymore, so I'll just put it over right, here. Yeah, he just moved it. <laughs> In general, I think Mirabelle's a pretty nice person um, and pretty, you know, motivated to do good things. But like, how dare Mirabelle just bang on Dolores' door to wake her up? Like, (laughs) that would be like a megaphone right in this poor girl's ears. Like, that's so mean of her. And she like the other doors she does with her hands. When she gets to Dolores' door, she stops and uses her entire hip and the side of her body and just slams into the door. I'm like, geez, what's she doing? (laughs) That Dolores is the cousin who has hyper hearing abilities. She can hear the chorus of us talking from a mile away. (laughs) To to underline what you said about Abuela being the queen of Encanto, right in the opening song, Mirabelle stops to tell everyone. She's like, but let's be clear, Abuela runs this show. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. There's like a massive mural painted on the wall of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like Abuela clearly values her celebrity status in this small yeah. bubble of a community that oh, she yeah. owns. So we've got Peppa, that's Mirabelle's aunt. Her mood affects the weather. Her power sucks, by the way. Peppa <laughs> and her daughter both got cursed because like, her, having lightning all around you and getting rained on all the time is not good, right? And then her daughter, Dolores, who Dolores. is forced to hear everything all the time, like, geez, she must yeah. be going insane. Like, that's a horrible power. There are you some people who off. say that like, maybe D- uh, Dolores can kind of control her power and ignore certain things and focus it in places, but I don't, I don't know about that. Well, there, there's other people like Matt Pat from The Film Theorists, he says that Dolores is the villain of this movie. And I I think that's a well, cool I theory. Well, I disagree, but... It's interesting, but clearly Abuela is the villain of this movie. Clearly Abuela, <laughs> so... but Dolores is her spy. Yes, well, Dolores has to be working with her. I agree. Yeah, Dolores is the most uh, loyal to Abuela, but they're all ridiculously loyal to Abuela. Yeah, well, <laughs> come on. But Peppa doesn't have great control over her power. They act like she helps the community by helping to grow crops because she can make it rain, but only like when she's sad. And she's been doing this since she was a little kid. What was Abuela doing to her as a little kid to make her make it rain (laughs) (laughs) to grow the crops? Her mother is constantly nagging her about like, Peppa, you have a cloud. Like everything has to be perfect for Abuela. Like, uh, like, oh, poor Peppa. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Oh, also everyone in town knows we don't talk about Bruno. Everyone in town Uh says that. Abuela has made this clear. No one talks about Bruno. He is gone. (laughs) And then she's got her sisters, Luisa and Isabella, one super strong and one summons flowers. 
So we're, we're on to the part with Mirabelle's dad is named Augustine. And she tells us that he is accident prone. Accident prone. But he means but well. But he means well. <laughs> and what do you call it when you have a child that you weren't planning? <laughs> An accident? Yes, he is accident prone. <laughs> he has children that he didn't mean to have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Proof. <laughs> we have proved it. He is, a, he is unfaithful. He has kids with other women. He adopts them into his family. He sweeps them under the rugs, but he means well, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, he means well. I mean, he loves he loves Mirabelle and he loves his other daughters. Right after this song, he's actually talking to Mirabelle and specifically he's telling her about how he felt left out with no powers, how he mm-hmm. felt out of place and maybe sought affection from other sources. He's talking to Mirabelle. He's trying to comfort her because he's like, hey, you don't have any powers. He's like, this is the first gift ceremony since yours. And, oh, I've been there. And then he says, surrounded by the exceptional, it was easy to feel unceptional. I'm just saying, I get it, right? Like he's telling her, hey, you know, I had to seek affection outside of this family. You feel crappy when you're in this family. You got to go find some lady who will give you what you want, basically, is what he's telling Mirabelle. As long as you're here, you're going to feel crappy, Mirabelle. <laughs> right? Like, that, that, that's all he tells her. <laughs> he doesn't, there's no silver lining to it. <laughs> yes. Well, and he clearly has something to prove in this scene, too. Like, he wants to be accepted as part of the family because when Mirabelle leaves, he glances at his wife, looks at the expression she has on her face, and then copies, and then copies his it. wife's <laughs> expression. Exactly. Like, I'm a member of the family, and I feel exactly how the family does about everything. <laughs> yeah. I have to, just for Christine, I have to point out, Christine was so confused the first time she watched this because it's easy to miss things during that opening first song. And the first time you see her dad in a real interaction, Augustine, his nose and hand are yeah, gigantic. Yeah, I know. He looks completely different. <laughs> she thought that was his power. <laughs> and he I had thought so too. Power the to make time. certain like, body oh, he parts can make gigantic. make himself grow. <laughs> Well, because it's really they easy never, to they don't that ex- he gets stung by exactly. bees. Exactly. <laughs> they don't explicitly say he got stung by bees. It just happens during the song. And lots of crazy stuff happened during that song. Like, Dolores <laughs> is a mile away during that song, even though she's For actually no there. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, just a little bit more about Dolores. Dolores is the one whose power makes us wonder how she might help the community. Everyone else, their power might help in some way. We see some examples of that. Luisa is the one who's obviously, there's a whole song about it, exploited the most by the community and Abuela. But Dolores doesn't exactly make sense. And I would say that Dolores is the one who, aside from Luisa, gets exploited the most by Abuela. She's in charge of rumors and secrets. She listens to everyone in the town, makes sure Mm -hmm. everything is going the way Abuela wants it to. She is Abuela's spy. spy. As we find out later during the dinner sequence, it's her job to make sure that Abuela knows secrets Mm -hmm. that are important to the family. There can be no secrets from Abuela. Right. And it's it's very, very like instant that she obeys Abuela and gives her the information she wants. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. I'm like, wow, that's an invasion of privacy. But for her, it's nothing. It's like, this is my job. I've <laughs> yeah. done this since I was probably like three years old. So no, yeah, yeah. She's been trained since they're five. They get their their gift at five. five years old. You're right. I am going to say some things that maybe paint Dolores in a bad light. But my three favorite characters are Mirabelle, Luisa and Dolores. I love all three of them. They're they're great. Totally agree. <laughs> Okay, so it's also in this beginning segment that we are introduced to Isabella and Mariano. We have to ask the question, how is Isabella useful to this community? She makes flowers. Well, sure, but we find out later she could be growing crops. 
Uh-huh. Abuela doesn't seem to know that because she didn't bother to learn the extent of, of Isabella's powers. She just knows Isabella makes flowers and that makes her super pretty and perfect. And Abuela projects herself onto Isabella. She just wants to treat Isabella like a queen and a princess, which is how she wanted to be treated as well. So rather yeah. than explore what Isabella could do with her power to help the community, she just puts Isabella on a pedestal and then sets up this marriage with Mariano, who I have to say, Isabella looks exactly like grandmother, Abuela, when she was young. And Mariano looks exactly like Pedro, grandfather, when he was young. He's a little buffer than Pedro. He's a little buffer, but they have like the same face. Uh (laughs) No, I agree. They do look the same. He's just more more built. (laughs) I like, like, I think this is intentional. I think it's so cool on their part. Like, Mm -hmm. Abuela is projecting her own feelings onto Isabella. And as Abuela admits at the end, she didn't get the life that she always wanted. And she's trying to get Isabella to live that life. Yeah, and Isabella doesn't want that life. <laughs> Isabella just, I mean, she's just trying to live up to her grandma's insane expectations. and Right, not and her grandma just wants, wants to Isabella to be her. Like, yeah. uh, it's crazy how much ownership really good Abuela movie. takes so good. specifically over Isabella and no other person in the family. I like Isabella's disdain towards Mirabelle. And I like that we first are, you know, given the impression oh, Mrs. Perfect just hates Mirabelle because Mirabelle's not perfect. Don't mess this up for me, imperfect Mirabelle. But then later on in, in the movie, we find out actually why she hates Mirabelle. And it's because no one has any expectations for Mirabelle. She doesn't have any powers. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. Right. The reason she's mad that Mirabelle tries so hard is because she wishes she didn't have to try so hard. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so during the party sequence, when they're getting ready for the party, Abuela asks Dolores... Dolores, can you hear if anyone is going to be late? Referring to mm-hmm. the entire village. Like, Abuela micromanages this whole town to the point that she wants to know if even one person in this community is going to be late to her special party. And I just think that's crazy that she's having Dolores spy on the whole town. Yeah. To see if someone's like, oh, man, I'm just going to make it late. I'm really busy, you know, I don't know, doing my hair. I, I don't know what you do. <laughs> they don't yeah. seem to be particularly busy in this village. but <laughs> No, they, they pretty much let Luisa do all their work for them. <laughs> we find out that Mirabelle didn't get a gift, and because of that, she is forced to live in the nursery like a baby for the rest of her life uh-huh. with the other babies. Yep. <laughs> she never <laughs> wow. gets to come of age. <laughs> I understand if the house didn't generate a room for her, but that didn't stop you from building a room for her or a house. Especially bad for Mirabelle, because in this household, you come of age at five. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's really early. So, like, yeah. Antonio, who is five years old, is now a higher ranking, so to speak, in this family than she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's preparing for the party, and she's putting labeled candles in front of every single room that she knitted herself. And then she's like, I made this as a surprise for you. <laughs> and Abuela's like, how about you just don't help and get out of here? <laughs> like, wow. She knows she wants to help, but tonight must go perfect. Like, what a mean thing to say. You want to help Mirabelle, but you are just trouble. And this is because Abuela knows Mirabelle. She's biased against her because Mirabelle's not a magical. It's not a magical. (laughs) She's like, you're one of those common folk. Stay out of my special ceremony, You You just taint everything you touch. Exactly. You're a poison on this family. Uh, You only have to be here because of your father's sins. She takes every opportunity she can to passively insult Mirabelle. Mm Mm-hmm. But while she's doing it, we can hear Abuela randomly barking orders in the background saying, clean your rooms. I don't care how big they are. And I'm like, 
What? They're huge. Why do you care These about them? They're enormous. <laughs> First of all, they're huge, but no one goes into anyone's rooms. They're only going into Antonio and he doesn't have a room yet. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they clean their rooms. It just made me so bad. Like, gosh, just leave them alone, Abuela. Uh, but here, okay, we have to talk about this because this is where we get one of the biggest bloopers in the movie. And I can't come up with an in-universe explanation for it. I usually like to, to maybe make bloopers make sense, but I can't. So... Abuela takes a photo of herself in front of every single door with the child getting their gift while she Mm -hmm. is holding the miracle candle. They have photos of when Peppa and Bruno and Julieta got their gifts as children. Now, every single one of them are children in these photos, the little kids, right? We see them as children, but they are standing in front of a door that is engraved with the current image of them as adults. And they are yeah. totally adults. Like Bruno's picture is him as an adult. Well, of course. I mean, we know that the house, whatever magic it has, can predict the future, right? Because it gives Bruno the ability to predict the future. Right. So the problem here is that when Antonio gets his door, it does not show him as an adult. Because most people are like, the house predicts the future. It shows no, what Antonio they has look no like future as an adult. And Antonio shows him as a kid. This just means that the poor kid's going to die soon. He's not going to live to be an adult. So there's no adult image of him. <laughs> okay. He's not going to so grow up. So that's the only explanation is that Antonio is going to die soon. And mm-hmm. Casita doesn't care or the, the miracle or the Encanto or whatever. No, I mean, the house does care. It can't communicate with them except through uh, Bruno. And they've <laughs> ostracized him. I'm sure if Bruno tried to tell uh, Antonio's future, he would see what's going to happen to that poor kid. But they didn't want to see the future. Yeah. And when Mirabel is talking to Antonio under his bed, just a small note, she gives him a present and says, this present will self-destruct in three, two. Now, the whole this message will self-destruct trope wasn't particularly popular until the 60s when like those spy shows like Mission Impossible came around. So yeah, that maybe puts this in the 1960s. Well, I mean, it's, it's from know. Mission Impossible, I think most famously. So yeah, yeah. it's in the 1960s. That makes sense to me. But the problem with that is even if it is in the 1960s, this is a secluded valley. Do they have TV? <laughs> yes, they know. do. Because Bruno knows what a TV is. Right. Remember, but like Bruno he... is omniscient. He can see the future. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's weird. But he, he does also mention the TV shows as though Mirabelle would know what a telenovela is. So I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I do kind of like the idea that Bruno just chills in there just using his power to see future TV. (laughs) Just watch TV in the future constantly. (laughs) Mirabel brings Antonio to his family and Dolores says, Abuela says it's time when Abuela is not in the room with her, which means that Abuela can communicate with Dolores at any time from Mm -hmm. anywhere. She's always listening to Abuela. (laughs) Mirabel. Like the first time I watched it, Mirabel has a very close relationship with Antonio. And I thought the first time I watched, this is going to be a story about Mirabel and Antonio and their yeah, friendship. I know. Turns well, out no. the Antonio thing is just for power. exposition. And Antonio <laughs> is essentially never in this movie ever again after this Pretty moment. much. No, it's, I loved it because as, as soon as he gets his power, he is beyond her. He never yeah. has to talk to her He's again. Done. He's done with her. <laughs> she's she's the dirt under his feet. The only reason he was being so cozy with her was because maybe he wouldn't get a power too. And then he'd need a friend. Oh, but some good attention to detail. When the fireworks go off in this scene, 
Dolores, Dolores covers her, her ears. ears. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dolores. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel like they should warn her about stuff like that. They're so insensitive <gasps> to what is essentially a handicap that she has. <laughs> I sure hope that her room is like soundproof. That's all I can say. No, it's not. We know it isn't because she could hear every, like all the parents in this house having sex, you know. <laughs> wow. Why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you said, we know it isn't as if you're about to provide proof, <laughs> but then you just said well, something. Well, no, because that... she hears Luisa's eye twitching in the middle right, of the yes. night. Right, <laughs> yes. That's the proof that her room is not soundproof. So, yeah, I mean, uh, presumably she knows that Mirabelle is the product of an affair because she would have heard it happening. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. And um, at this point, Abuela rubs it in Mirabelle's face. She says, I knew you could do it. A I know. gift <laughs> just as special as you. <laughs> Uh-huh. But Antonio clearly didn't do anything. She's nope. just rubbing it in Mirabelle's face, He's saying, like, you are genetically a person superior. who gets a gift is great, a person who doesn't, something's wrong with them. They're weird. <laughs> like, right in front of Mirabelle. Mirabelle walked up with Antonio. It's right in front of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's just so mean. She's so mean. Well, and then the whole family decides to just screw Mirabelle and decide to take, take a the picture. new family magical portrait without her <laughs> like right? everyone well, else gets up there and, and no one's like hey Mirabelle get over here what's <laughs> crazy so about this the implication here is that Mirabelle is not surprised that she's excluded she does not expect to be in this portrait and also apparently you are not as far as Abuela is concerned you are not part of the family until you get a gift mm-hmm. like we only take That's family correct. photos after someone gets a gift it's crazy as she is wandering around in a trance she happens to notice the house start breaking apart. As the house is breaking, essentially the house is dying and the power doors are flickered and all this stuff. Mirabelle turns and stares at a portrait of Grandpa Pedro the whole time. Like as if like, oh no, poor Abuelo Pedro. Like as if he's dying I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was really good proof that the house is Pedro. The house is Abuelo. Now, I have a big problem with this scene because Dolores would totally have heard the house crumbling and bucking at its foundation and Mirabel getting hurt and saying, ow, because she hears everything else. So I find it uh, implausible that when Mirabel comes back in and says, the house is breaking, the candle's in danger then Dolores doesn't immediately back her up. It seems like she would be like, yes, Grandma, go take a look. (laughs) Right. Some people seem to believe, and they are wrong, that Dolores is some sort of a gossip who can't keep a secret. That's completely wrong. Dolores is not a gossip, and she can keep a secret. She specifically feeds information to Abuela. Just Abuela. She gets information to Abuela however she can. Abuela... I, I believe is implied later on in this movie knows that there have been issues with the house, possibly yes. other things breaking since she Mirabelle didn't get her gift. So I think that Dolores may be on the lookout to listen for these things, but she has been instructed not to talk about it to anyone. I agree. Except That's the only conclusion I could come to was that Dolores knows already. This is only news for Mirabelle. <laughs> Dolores and Abuela already know that the house is breaking. And Grant, Abuela is just putting on a show by being like, Okay, I will check it out. Yes, everything's fine. Okay, you know, like she knows the situation. Yeah, so I mean, I, I could agree with the person who thinks that Dolores is a villain of this movie, not necessarily the villain, but no, she's Grandma's just a, a clearly victim. a villain. 
Well, and then right after this, Abuela turns around and she's like, there's nothing wrong with Casita. The magic is strong to the whole village. Yeah, she and needs she to reinforce Mirabelle, the idea like, that the she's so powerful. Look, like, the dirtiest look. And most, she ugh. throws Mirabelle under the bus, just completely throws her under the bus to save face. We find out that she knows Mirabelle is right. She knows the house is breaking. Yeah. Uh, Mirabelle's mother and father in the scene where she's eating the arepa, they never actually do anything to help her. There's this scene where her mother is sort of comforting her by telling her she's special and complimenting her glasses. But this scene changes a lot if you know that the producer has said Julieta could heal Mirabelle's eyesight if she wanted to, but uh, she chooses not to. Okay. <laughs> so she's like, you got those bad genes from some other mom. I'm not going to deal with those. Well, from her dad. The only two people with disabilities in this family are Mirabelle and Augustine. They both wear glasses. That's true, you're right. Yep. <laughs> so I, that's, I feel like that says something. Like Certainly I think Julieta is a nice person. I think she does her best to treat Mirabelle as her daughter, but clearly she treats her a little bit differently, or she would just heal her eyesight. Now, the the producer said, like, oh, she doesn't see Mirabelle's eyesight as something bad. She thinks it's like a cute, quirky part of her or something like that. Mm. But I think that there's something else here. She could heal her eyesight, but does not. Pretty interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> and also in this scene, she tells Mirabelle she doesn't want Mirabelle to end up like her brother Bruno. She says Bruno lost his way, which is kind of an odd way of putting it, <laughs> when he left just because everyone like hated him. <laughs> yeah, unless you might want to look into what their problem with Bruno might be on a metaphorical level. <laughs> you could say that the metaphor here is that Bruno and Mirabelle are both different because they are LGBTQ, that Bruno right. might have been gay or something like that that made Abuela not accept him. So he left because he was different. You know, he hid right. himself because he was different. And Mirabelle is kind of the same way. Abuela is afraid she'll ruin the family. And the best evidence for that, and this is 100% intentional, whether it was the higher up, you know, writer, director, producer doing it or not, it was probably just an artist. But Mirabelle wears the bisexual rainbow on her shirt it's pink purple blue it's the bisexual rainbow she has embroidered it on her shirt and so that's just a clear hint from someone that mirabelle might be bisexual and perhaps mm -hmm. she's kind of hiding her difference because she's afraid it will embarrass the family like Bruno she's not hiding done. it very well you might say she even wears it on her sleeve but <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but in the 1950s 60s this is more of a, a symbolic thing because no there was well, i don't think that, that, that rainbow exist. existed back exactly then. <laughs> right that's what i'm saying is that this is like a symbolic hint to us as the audience because yeah. that no, the, the bisexual rainbow didn't exist but right. but like it's so weird for her to say bruno lost his way that's just an yeah, odd exactly. way of it's putting a weird it way to say it because he didn't lose his way he just gave prophecies and they ran him out of town in the 60s, if your brother turned out to be like gay, you might be like, oh, he lost his way. Like, oh, you know, because they see it as like a sin, a bad thing, you know? Right. Anyway. Well, and I can totally see the analogy, the, the metaphor here. Like, I understand that reading of the plot because clearly Bruno especially has, there's something inherent about him that offends everyone in town to the point where they will not talk about it. Right. And I think that is a clear yeah, mirror definitely. image of someone being gay. Right. Because that's how it has been for most of like Western media culture. It has been socially unacceptable to publicly 
announce your homosexuality, right? Yeah, it's something where like you hide it, in you don't talk about it. If someone else knows it, you don't talk about it. In the army, you know, it was is pretty much don't ask, don't tell kind of culture where it's like, if you don't tell us, we don't care. You know, just don't talk about Bruno. And then there's the fact that he is essentially living in the closet. It's not really a closet, but living in the walls of the house, hiding his true self, right? Like he will not allow the world to see what he really is. And I can see how somebody who, you know, someone who is homosexual or, you know, has some other sexuality and feels like they need to hide it might feel like they're, you know, stuck living in the walls of their house. They can't be themselves, right? So I, I totally understand the metaphor here. Unfortunately, I don't think it goes much further than that. I mean, they make it pretty clear in the movie that yeah. this is not about his sexuality. It's about his ability right, right. <laughs> to tell <Yeah>. the future. <laughs> well, I mean, and later on, after the song, What Else Can I Do? She's lying on the ground next to her sister. Her sister looks at her and smiles and says, you're a bad influence. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean anything to do with sexuality. <laughs> it could just be her saying you're a bad influence because you made me grow cactuses. <laughs> well, but that's so stupid. What's wrong with growing cactuses? Like, I feel like nothing. something about Isabella's song to me feels like a sexual awakening or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like she's saying there's something inherent about you, Mirabel, something about you that has rubbed off on me that I want to be more like you, kind of. I thought, what else can I do? Is Isabella sort of realizing that she's maybe a she's lesbian? She's a lesbian. Yeah, I <laughs> Because I, I she's rejecting impression. Mariano. She doesn't want to And then she looks at guy. her bisexual sister and says, you're a bad influence. You helped yeah, me I, realize I, what I, I really what am. You're saying. <laughs> and then like Abuela is pissed when she comes in. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the most mad that Abuela is. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there. So at night, Abuela comes over to her window, sticks her head out and starts talking to Pedro, her dead husband. I assume she's just talking to the house because she knows it's him. Abuela has this whole conversation about the problem and the magic leaving and the cracks in the house. And then the very next day, Mirabel asks Dolores, have you heard anything about the magic leaving? And she says, the only one worried about the magic leaving is you and yes. the rats talking in the walls. <laughs> she specifically does not tell her that Abuela is definitely worried about the magic leaving. <laughs> So I thought either uh, Dolores is hard of hearing or maybe she's lying. Oh, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think Dolores is lying because it's not her job to report on other people about Abuela. Her job is the right. other way around. Yeah. <laughs> but she also did tell Mirabelle about right. the eye twitch. And Luisa, I heard her eye twitching all night. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that she has the ability to hear somebody's eye twitching through multiple <laughs> walls. It just makes me feel horrible. Well, through multiple for her dimensions. Because... They live in like a weird pocket <laughs> right. dimension. Wow. Yeah. No, but it makes me feel horrible for her because, wow, like, geez, she must hear everything all the time. And how does she sleep? Right. <laughs> like, and it just, that must yikes. mean that her power is not entirely optional. Like, if she's hearing Luisa's eye twitching all night long, mm -hmm. unless now it's possible. Maybe she does have control over it. It is optional. She can scan areas like she doesn't have to listen to everything all the time. Then what that means, if she does have more control over her power, scanning every room in the is house that Abuela has told her to spy on everyone at night. And she is yeah. supposed to relay that back to Abuela, especially maybe especially right after the house was having issues. You know, it's quite possible. Uh, th there is some small debate about Camilo and why he's trying to get seconds by posing as Dolores at the beginning of the scene when they have plenty of food 
and no one yeah. has sat down to eat yet, so he can't no. be getting seconds. He can't be getting seconds. <laughs> and then his plate is piled comically high with food, and he just takes that plate. What was he going to do? Like, like get a plate as Dolores, then without eating it, go back as Camilo. And then he's go still going to be sitting there with two yes. plates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what he was doing. I think he's not very smart. <laughs> he, he was just like, I want more food. I guess I'll be someone else. But he hadn't even gotten food yet. I don't know. But Abuela does seem to be a little disappointed by Antonio's power. She doesn't seem to like the animals around. And she does her sort of passive aggressive thing when she's like, I'm sure today we will find out a way to put your power to good use. Which, as we'll find out, she does. Oh. So after this, we're going to get into surface pressure. Right. Luisa's voice actor is named Jessica Darrow. And I think she's just got like the coolest voice. Yeah, she's great. (laughs) The town is clearly taking Luisa for granted. Like, there's no reason that she should have to be out there catching donkeys all day, every day. No other town in the world does that. No other town has a donkey catcher. (laughs) Like, they just don't care enough to make fences because they know she'll take care of it. They're like, why would I waste my time when I've got Super Luisa here to catch my donkeys? (laughs) So instead of building fences, they say... Hey, Louisa, donkey's got it again. Take right, and care of really it. And it's really an inefficient use of her power. <laughs> I know. It's the worst. It's just wasting her time. Louisa is so freaking cool. Uh, Surface Pressure is the most amazing song to come out of Disney in decades, possibly ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's such, such a, a good, good song. song. It's my personal favorite. And then I love the, the small details of like her saving Mirabelle, you know, in the fantasy sequence that's happening. She carries Mirabelle through the, you know, the... <laughs> geysers of danger saves her puts her down and then stops to fix her glasses uh-huh. before yes, also, also saving everyone else that. from the next danger it's so good it's so nice of her <laughs> i've never seen a disney song like that i've seen disney songs about feeling like you're not enough i've seen disney songs about feeling like i need to rise to the occasion i've never seen a disney song which is like I have risen to the occasion. I am rising to the occasion and it sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like it's such no, an interesting I mean, there's just message something to the song. That, that obviously that people related to with the song because it was the second most popular song from this movie. <laughs> I love this movie, but I hate how the rest of this movie just completely destroys right. Luisa's oh. awesome character. Oh. First of all, they don't do anything with her. After building her up so big and making her so interesting, they don't do anything with her at all. Disney has never, ever done such a good job of quickly setting up such an amazing emotional conflict. And it's just so frustrating that, like, the reason that this emotional conflict is so great is because Luisa wants to cry and break, but she can't because she she's the strong one. But uh-huh. for the rest of this movie, not all only she is she is essentially cry. not in it, but all she does is just cry instantly. Like, yep. that's not what made her song so powerful. Was no. What made it was that she was trying to hold it together but she doesn't try to hold it together for the rest of the movie it's just so frustrating my biggest issue with this movie is two things there is here an amazing setup that has no payoff and then later with isabella there is an amazing payoff that had no setup yeah (laughs) i completely agree yes in in, in screenwriting terms a setup and a payoff like if you want to make a good movie All you're really doing is setting stuff up early on and then paying it off later. Some people might call that an arc of some kind. And it can happen in just two scenes. You know, it doesn't need to be a lot. But they set up that Luisa's having this issue, then essentially never address it again. 
They do address it by having her break down and cry all the time. Right. Well, they use it as a joke. What they really should have had to do, which would have fixed one of the other big problems in this movie that has no climax, was the entire Encanto Valley is made of magic. And we see the mountain splitting. It should have been like a huge issue where like the mountain is falling to crush the town and Luisa is like trying to hold it up, but her powers are waning. I I don't know exactly what would have been a great payoff, but maybe all the villagers come and help her hold it up. And that's why she can do it, which is what happens at the end of this movie. All the villagers show up, but it's after the climax. It doesn't matter at that point. If they had just done it during an exciting moment, had all the villagers show up to help her. And finally, it's like, Luisa, you don't have to do everything yourself. We're all going to help you now. I think that would have been an amazing climax, but they just didn't do anything with it. But she's a wonderful character. I hope they have many sequels about her. Anyway, so Luisa says, I heard the grown-ups once say Bruno had a terrible vision about the house. The first time watching this, I was so confused about what ages people were. Yeah, like Luisa too. calls them grown-ups, which is a very kiddie way of saying adults. I loved Mirabelle's character design. I think she has an amazing character design. One of the best mm-hmm. character designs they've come up with ever. But looking at her, I always thought she's like 25, 21, maybe, you know, turns out she's 15, which is crazy. (laughs) I thought she was older than Isabella and that Luisa was also older than Isabella. And I also thought she was older than Camilo. It turns out Camilo is older than Mirabel because Mirabel was the last person to have a gift ceremony. They're only like a couple months apart, I think, Camilo and and Mirabel, and they're both 15. But just like the ages were so confusing to me. But like, I mean, I get it when you're when you're a teenager, like people mature at different rates, especially boys and girls. Sometime after this, we are introduced to Bruno's room. As Mirabel is going to Bruno's room, she walks past Abuela and Isabella. Isabella is just fawning over Abuela. And Abuela is saying, such a perfect Mm -hmm. match. And Isabella says, so perfect. And then Abuela says, and so good for the Encanto. Yeah. (laughs) I just just don't even get what this conversation is. I think they're, they're just saying if you like, marry this man, what it's it is good though, for it, the town. We find out later is that Abuela is, as we know, extremely self-centered. She literally believes that all of the problems that are happening with their house is because it's not good for the Encanto. And in her mind, what's good for the Encanto is what's good for me. And because she sees Isabella as herself. She's like, this must be so good for the Encanto because you're getting married to this guy who looks a lot like Pedro. And that's what I wanted. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Mirabel okay, goes so to Bruno's turn. We're introduced to Bruno's room. I got to talk about Bruno's room. So Bruno's room is awful. Like, I can see why he moved out and into the yeah, walls because he even his room says that. Sucks. He says that he moved out for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, his room is just stones well, and stairs and reason, crumbling cliffs and sand and doors that trap you as sand tries to suffocate you. <laughs> like, his room is a death trap. Like, the party in Bruno's room after he got his powers must have sucked. It must have been the worst party ever. <laughs> so, why is there such a differential treatment of Bruno at this point? I think that. This is great evidence for Casita being the grandfather, because I think as sort of a grandfather, there's kind of this trope that the father will dote on his daughters, like give them the best things like, oh, you're so great. My daughters, yeah. you're my little princesses. Son, and then with your son, son you're like, you need tough, to toughen though. up, climb yeah. those stairs every climb day to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I, I see no, no other reason why the, the house other, would have given the him reason. this terrible room. Okay. So we don't talk about Bruno. So we, we can talk about Bruno now. Good. 
some people argued that no one actually shunned or ostracized Bruno and it's he's the one who isolated himself. They clearly do. Even if he's the one who left, like he left because of them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Dolores knows he is still around. She says so at the end, but she also she implies says it this several to Mirabel. Yes. <laughs> she says, I can hear him, not I have heard him, <laughs> right? Yeah. So since she knows, Abuela knows and does nothing. <laughs> no, no one's looking for Bruno. When Dolores sings her verse, first of all, good character that she's like whispering, hey. Oh, I love her verse. It's the best part. Like, I love that she ends her verse with, do you understand? Like, there's something that Mirabelle's supposed to understand about this. <laughs> I think that Dolores implies at that part the sort of the twist. So the twist is... Uh, you're kind of led to believe that maybe Bruno will be the bad guy, but it turns out he's not. Yes. And I think Dolores is implying that right here when she she knows Bruno's not evil. Mm -hmm. She may live in fear of him stuttering or stumbling, but she's not afraid of him like Camilo suggests later that he's like this monster. You know, she's afraid of the things he might say, stuttering and stumbling, because what he said caused problems. She's trying to say, do you understand? Bruno's not really the bad guy here. He right. didn't cause anything Abuela to was it's, the bad guy. <laughs> right. It's she's, she's implying the twist of the movie. Abuela's the bad guy. Bruno, <laughs> it was just people misunderstanding his totally. prophecies. Do you understand? Absolutely. So I really That's like how that. I took that. That if you actually, because she's hard best to part hear. Of the song. So if you listen to it again, you're like, oh, Dolores is revealing a lot, but you don't get it the first time you watch. Mm -hmm. All right. So this song is, is epic. I love it. The choreography, especially the time for dinner part of this song, has just the most epic choreography with everyone singing, the animation, then putting the plates on the table in time with the music. This could be such boring exposition, but they took the exposition, and not only is it giving us exposition about Bruno that we need to know, but it's also moving along the current event of the plot, which is why I think this moment is so amazing. They are moving along multiple plots at the same time. All these lines converging together to show how the whole family has all this stuff going on. They're all moving around, yet it all is just like converging on Mirabelle at once as she solves the puzzle with all the lines and cracks in the house converging on her at the same time, showing that like this family has so much crazy stuff going on and they're falling apart at the seams and it's all centered around Mirabelle. The first time that I watched this movie and it started with that flashback within a flashback, I stopped watching. But then I saw We Don't Talk About Bruno just posted online, just the song itself. And it was this part with them putting the plates on the table that convinced me I need to watch this movie because the choreography here is just amazing. And the editing is amazing. And the storytelling is amazing. And the song is amazing. Okay. I'm going to talk about the Oscars now. So at the Oscars, and this is uh, one of the reasons why I think the Oscars are just absolutely stupid. Yeah, Will Smith slapped that guy, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> you have to submit the thing you want nominated for an Oscar in November before the end of the year. And Encanto was released in like December. Yeah. So they didn't know what would be popular about this. When I think if you just watch this movie and you just watch We Don't Talk About Bruno and how high energy and amazing it is, you should know that's the song that needs to be nominated for an Oscar. But instead, because they had to nominate it before the movie even came out, which is so stupid, they nominated mm -hmm. Dos Oruguitas for the Oscar. And of Ew. course it lost to some absolutely yeah. terrible Billie Eilish song that was just horrendously bad. That's and really stupid. At Why the Oscars, they, they knew the that songs. they had screwed up. So the Oscars added in an extra song and dance number for 
we don't talk about Bruno, even though it wasn't nominated oh just because they knew it was the most popular song right then. And yes. the Oscars version of it was so terrible. They changed all the lyrics. So it's like, we don't talk about the Oscars. No, oh it wasn't gosh. that, but it was like oh, they changed no. it to be about the Oscars. And it was oh, like the so worst cringy. version. And Why we were just listening that? to it like, oh, we love this song. But like, they just butchered it. And it was just, oh, it was so bad. And then uh, Encanto did win the Oscar for Best Animated Film. So that's great. That's but like they lost the hype for of narcissism to be like, let's take the song everyone loves and make it all about us. Yeah. Uh, Mirabel solves the puzzle. When Augustine comes in, Casita tries to help Mirabel hide the prophecy. Well, and what is her dad's first and only reaction to this bad news? Horror. We say nothing. <laughs> he says we should deny everything, just act normal. Nobody right. needs to know about this. Well, why? That is his attitude. <laughs> no, it's because well, that's what he does. When, when, he, when he had a baby all those years ago, he said nothing. He denied everything. He acted normally. He, just, he brought that baby into the family and no one needed to know. <laughs> Well, and in the picture, she is literally depicted as a home wrecker, which, yeah. you know, would be like when <laughs> the husband in the family has like another woman and has a baby, you know? So generally, you'd call the other woman the home wrecker, not the baby. Right. Yeah. But... Not the baby. But <laughs> anyway. whatever. Yeah, we're wrecking a home. <laughs> so uh, he tells Mirabelle, just act normal. No one has to know. And then the door opens and Dolores is standing right there. And interestingly enough, she is standing directly framed in front of Abuela's door, right in front of the carved silhouette of Abuela with the word Abuela right over her head. <laughs> I just think this is amazing cinematography here it telling, is. Us that telling us that she is Abuela's ears is going to go and to Abuela, Abuela will know. <laughs> mm -hmm. We get to dinner. Abuela is randomly saying, the Guzmans and the Madrigals together will be so good for the Encanto. She says this a lot. What does it even mean? Will be good well, for the first the time I watched this movie, I really got the impression that the Guzmans were like some amazing, powerful family from far away or something, which is completely no. not true. They're not from far away. They're from the village. They're not powerful. Abuela has no. all the power. So <laughs> I'm like, why does she want to marry her into this family so much? There's only one reason. It's because... The son of this family is identical to her deceased husband, and she wants him to marry her granddaughter. That's all. That's the only well, reason she cares. It's also identical to her. Yes. I think it's very, very sad that we know, upon second viewing of this movie, that they're all eating there, and Bruno is also sitting there eating on his crayon-drawn plate, just a wall behind <laughs> Abuela. <laughs> And at the very least, Dolores and Abuela know, possibly more of them know Yeah, that. they know. They know he's sitting there eating probably like <laughs> table scraps and crumbs and rotten stuff. Like, I feel so bad for well, Bruno. He has a guy. freshly baked arepa when Mirabel goes in there later. Right, I think he, he has like rats go and steal stuff, right? Rats might go and steal. Or maybe Julieta's just given it to him, but she can't like bring him out because Julieta, as nice as she is, she can't go against the wishes of Abuela. What a horrible family. <laughs> I know. Unbelievably awful well, I don't think family. we're even reading anything into it here. Like, that is actually what's happening. Like, it's a family that's got, like, they look nice on the surface, but under the surface. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, I feel berserk as a <laughs> They're breaking apart at the seams, you know, just doing whatever makes Abuela supposedly happy, but doesn't make them happy in any way. We find out how Abuela figured out how to make Antonio's power useful. Mm -hmm. The raccoons steal the vision from Agustin. 
this has to be something that Antonio is doing intentionally because raccoons don't do this. You're right. It makes more sense that they're just like gathering information for Abuela. What the raccoons do is they reassemble they, it and they reassemble it under it to the Abuela. table. <laughs> yeah, directly to Abuela. Like this is Antonio must be the one doing this. He's five years old. He probably doesn't really understand exactly what he's doing, but he's controlling the raccoons to do what Abuela said, which is spy on people, just like Dolores. Like Abuela is like, how do I use this kid? Oh, I know. I'll use him just like I use his older sister. Spy on people. She probably uses Camila to spy on people, too. Like, that side of the family is for spying. (laughs) And making weather. So this is another evidence people sometimes cite to say that Dolores is a gossip because she's telling everyone about this the first chance she gets. But no, that's not what she's doing. What she's trying to do is get the information to Abuela without messing up this engagement ceremony proposal thing. But she's not sitting next to Abuela, so she has to pass it down the line in order to get it to Abuela. And unfortunately, Felix is just an idiot and tells Peppa, and Peppa then causes a storm. Abuela's mad that the proposal is kind of ruined, but at the same time, Dolores was right to tell her during the proposal because Abuela is mad... Mm-hmm. at Agustin for not telling yep. her sooner. And Agustin said his plan was to tell her after the proposal. So mm-hmm. Abuela really did want this information right away, even yeah, if says, it ruins the proposal. You should have told me the second you saw the vision. Think of the family. And then the dad says, I was thinking of my daughter, which implies very, very heavily, my daughter is not part of your family. Yeah. My daughter. <laughs> so I love that part. She's like, think of the family. He's like, my daughter is what I'm thinking right. about, not your stinking family. So this is also the part where uh, Abuela shouts at the villagers outside, the magic is strong. We are the Madrigals. And then slams the door shut. Like, this is all about remaining in power over these little people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the scene inside the walls is pretty cool, thematically speaking. The house is disgusting inside the walls. It's wrecked and broken down. I think that's symbolic of their family problems, right? Like, Well, yeah, exactly, because we see Casita can fix itself on the outside, just the image. But on the inside, it's still broken. Casita does things the way Abuela wants because Abuela is all about image and she doesn't care what's broken on the inside. Mm -hmm. She gets to Bruno's little hidey hole. When he talks about the telenovelas that the rats are putting on, he creates this really weird situation where this boy is in love with this woman and she's his aunt, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. know that she's his aunt. Their love could never be. It's actually sort of a forbidden kind of, and then Mirabel cuts him off. But this is a really weird thing for a strange old uncle who lives in the walls to be saying to his niece yeah <laughs> that there's a romance between a uh you know an aunt and her her nephew and her nephew <laughs> yes that's very weird and especially after he just showed us that he puts on hats and takes on different personalities which allow him to do things he normally would not do <laughs> which kind of yeah. scared me when he and did also, that. And also, I'm like, interesting. <laughs> I mean, we can read this, you know, whatever we want into this. Maybe it's nothing. But also, I will say that with every movie, of course, there are fandoms, and the fandoms create ships, oh, no, relationships. And <laughs> the most no, popular no. ship from Encanto is always Mirabelle and Bruno. If you say so. <laughs> but there's like no one not in her family. <laughs> right. I was going to say, there's no one movie. else for you to put. I, there's the, um, the fiance. You could put it together with him, I guess, but he doesn't really have much <laughs> character, know, right? Yeah, Bruno's future telling ability requires like a really weird occult ceremony. 
during the ritual, I thought it was interesting that she has to follow a butterfly. Why does she have to follow a butterfly? It just seemed like maybe there was some more symbolic there, like maybe something that has to do with like mind control or something. I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> like, is it a monarch butterfly? <laughs> is she? Is there some kind of Romanoff curse? Here? I mean, if this <laughs> is someone this conning scene her, had anything to do with like smoke in the air and drugs and like a dissociative dream fantasy, <laughs> um, <laughs> then I would say there's definitely some symbolic value to the butterflies but yeah obviously there is this symbolic butterfly image that keeps showing up everywhere throughout the house and there's the dos Gita song which the creators themselves thought was the most important song in this movie apparently and i can't tell you exactly what the butterfly means i mean in most cases it signifies change the dos Gita song which is a song about butterflies and caterpillars that song is specifically about abuela, abuelo and abuela. It has nothing to do with the actual and plot of this movie. she doesn't change. Yeah, no, she doesn't. And he doesn't change aside from dying. <laughs> like, that's his change. I guess he changed <laughs> into, into a, house. a house. Maybe that's, Maybe, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good evidence butterfly. for our theory, yeah. I guess. The butterfly is the what house. What else could Dos no, Orogitos be? He went through a metamorphosis. She changed into an abusive monarch. Monarch butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> a monarch, yeah. You're right. That's pretty good. And he okay. changed into a house. She became the monarch and he became a house. He, he realized his true power you know what we that's pretty we interesting that's okay. what the butterfly and the, the caterpillars represent bruno does say his given reason for leaving quote unquote is that he thought his vision would hurt mirabelle and he didn't want her to get hurt so rather than tell abuela a lie he decided he would just leave forever and yeah. then they all decided then we won't ever talk about him or even look for him i don't know something yeah. about that story seems it seems off i don't think that's what happened when he confronts Abuela later, I think he implies that that's not what happened. And she's not like, Bruno, you're back? No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the episode, though. That's the climax, uh, quote unquote. Isabella's song, What Else Can I Do? It was a great resolution to an arc that they never started. There was never a scene that set this up. Like, we learn that Isabella has this problem, and then in the same scene, that problem is resolved. Yeah, it's pretty Why not weird. set this up a little earlier and have a nice payoff? Instead, it's like, here's the problem. It's resolved. But they, at the very least, they did set up a rivalry between Mirabelle and Isabel. Yeah, they, they did. did that very well. And here and is a it payoff off really where well it is by resolved. showing that yeah. actually she doesn't just hate Mirabelle because she sucks. She hates Mirabelle because she wishes she was her. So that aspect of it, of Mirabelle and Isabella's arc, I think, is well done. Mm -hmm. Either way, after this, Mirabelle has corrupted Isabella to an extent that Abuela has to crack down. Right. She gives her the because of you speech. Everything bad that's happened to her family is because of I you. I know. Like, good gosh. <laughs> this is the worst. Come on, Abuela. Oh, my gosh. She's 15. And then... Abuela says the most horrible thing that she could say, which is Bruno didn't care about this family. I'm like, lady, he's your son. And why he would you really say that? Cares about the family. He cares so much. And then Mirabel tells Abuela the truth. And it's like, he loves this family. I love this family. We all love this family. You're the one that doesn't care. You're the one breaking our home. And it's such a good climax because she's oh, so, so right good. about everything yeah. she said. And this is I where I was like, part. wow, Disney's got balls. I can't believe they put this into a story. Like she's actually telling her abusive grandmother off. And then Abuela 
she gets uh, aggressive and says, don't you ever. And then Mirabelle says, the miracle is dying because of you. And then Abuela is shocked. And then nothing happens. And then the house breaks. And I am certain, I am certain that Abuela was supposed to smack the crap out of Mirabelle right then. Right. And that's what breaks the house. I was like, oh, wow, this fight is about to, you know, come to blows. And Abuela is about to show that she is abusive and the abuse will break the house. The physical abuse will finally bring the walls down. (laughs) And it would have been so good, but then they didn't do it. They just did not have Abuela slap her. And, oh man, it just, it's great anyway, but that would have really carried through the metaphor. And also it would have really made Abuela irredeemable, which would have been great because then the resolution of the movie could have been them moving on from their abusive grandmother. But instead (laughs) they act like she's somehow redeemed and she's not. And this is the worst part of the movie. Points against our theory though is where she says, I do not know why you didn't get a gift, but it's not an excuse for you to hurt this family. Well, she can't admit that she's a, you know, not according part to of our the theory, she does know why she, she knows. didn't get a gift. I mean, she, she can't say it out loud. There's people listening. But I also got to say, uh, why did Abuela keep that extremely important candle perched on her windowsill when she knows they're experiencing she's, no, tremors? No, no, no. She's. She's threatening Pedro. She's like, I could end you anytime. <laughs> I have one no. nudge and you're out the oh, window. Man, dead. She probably oh. had a bucket of water on the other she side. She should get of that together window. with Dimitri. Jeez. Yeah, I know. She's heartless. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. When the house is breaking, Pedro's picture falls down. Yes. That's an obvious clue to the yep, house. Yep. That's I, his I spirit dying. To that too. You're right. Yep. After the house falls down, everyone has lost their powers at this point. Julieta goes to get a box of tiny bottles, presumably to help people who might be injured. But why does she have these bottles? If her cooking can heal people, she would have no need for medicine or ointment or anything. Well, these bottles are probably like healing water that she has prepared. Wouldn't that make sense oh, if okay. she has like a stash I, I guess of healing water? she has water? a store, but would it even work anymore? I don't know, but she's got to try. I would try. Right. I, mean, I was thinking maybe she just thinks everyone needs a drink and these are her bottles oh, yeah. of alcohol that <laughs> she has because she lives with a husband who cheated on her and has to yeah. raise his daughter. <laughs> oh, I she's like that secretly right. an alcoholic. She's an alcoholic. She's been hiding alcohol on the walls. <laughs> and Bruno. she goes to get it to hide it. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. <laughs> so we're about to get to the world's greatest climax. Yeah, let's let's talk about this ending scene. Abuela finds Mirabelle. She's crying and she says to Abuela, I didn't want to hurt us. I just wanted to be something I'm not. And then Abuela stares at her with an unreadable expression that to me does not look sympathetic. And what does Abuela do? Does she sit down next to her to comfort her? No, she says, let me talk about myself. She's like, let me defend myself and I'm going to be the point Abuela of everything. Abuela diverts this conversation, this moment of Mirabelle's to make it all about her, all about Abuela, which is what she has been doing this entire movie. She hasn't learned a lesson. I hate She's it like, so much. It's, it's the worst all climax. about me. She gives this big long flashback that we already saw at the beginning we for the most part it. she does this because she knows she's been cut down by mirabelle her house is destroyed she's lost everything but she knows if she cries and she's right the sad she's like one, be sympathetic for me Love yeah me. everyone I'm will sad. pity her and everyone will come back to her everyone will mm-hmm. say oh no boy that's not your fault you're the reason for everything oh boy that's all about you we love you well that, that's literally all she could be doing here like this is classic cycle of abuse behavior when an abuser is called out, they make themselves into the victim. Yes, yeah, she needs to and be the victim. And we literally see that happening here. 
Mirabelle is absolutely the victim. She's been the victim of her grandmother for years. She finally called her grandmother out, and now her grandmother is like, oh, let me talk about that time when, oh, Pedro died. He was killed by people. I'm just this poor, sad person. My life didn't go the way I wanted. Right. And (laughs) And don't get me wrong. It sucks that her husband got murdered. Like, that does suck. That's awful. But lady, this was like 60 years ago. Well, even if it was one year ago, it doesn't excuse abusive behavior. And also, in the 50 years since then, you've been an actual queen of your entire kingdom. But this is exactly how it happens in the cycle of abuse. The abuser makes themselves into the victim, and they get everyone to feel sorry for them. Everyone comes back to them, and then they slowly start the abusive behavior up again. Nothing she says here does anything to undo what Mirabel told her, which was that this is all your fault. You're the one who doesn't care. You're the one breaking our home. That's all still true. And Abuela's just like, but, but, but my husband died six decades ago gosh and then mirabelle we were given a miracle because of you we were safe because of you it's all about you abuela everything's about you just like you always wanted just like you sorry for abuela everything's good for you (laughs) she does admit that she lost sight of who the miracle was for admitting that it's not just for her she does even say i am so sorry so i mean her apology is so cringy and so but no I I, i mean i am so sorry even if it's sincere that doesn't remove 50 years of emotional abuse. <laughs> exactly. This Dos Oruguitas part where she flashes back again, that is always the part. Every time I've watched this where everyone loses interest, the adults just start talking to each other. The kids start playing. Like people just zone out during this part and then they come back like right before the credits. But this time I was really paying attention. And when I really paid attention, I will admit it did get to me on an emotional level, like when her husband's dying and it is really sad and she has her three kids. <laughs> so, okay. So now Bruno shows up and I'm all, oh, he comes out there just to take the blame. Like he's trying to protect Mirabelle. Like he's, he's a really legit dude. I think right. he's a total and hero. Does, uh, does Abuela like listen to him and let him talk? No. She interrupts him. She hugs and kisses him to shut him up. But again, like we said, she's not like, Bruno, you're here? (laughs) No, exactly. And I think this scene shows what really happened when he left. Because he doesn't show up and say, I'm back. Or, surprise, I've been here all along. You know, it's nothing like that. And she doesn't act surprised. Like, they both know what happened, which is not what he told Mirabelle. Because the first thing he says when he shows up, he says, I don't care what you think of me, but you're too stubborn to... And then she cuts them off. Okay, so they're singing the final song. Abuela comes in. She says, I'm sorry I held on too tight. I was just afraid of losing you. Notice she's not apologizing. She's only apologizing for loving them too much. Yes, she's, she's like, saying, I'm sorry for being I was just so nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so cringe. I hate that. And then what happens with Bruno? Does, does anyone apologize for how they conspired together? Like, at, not even as a family, but as an entire community to collectively forget about Bruno? No, they make him no. apologize. It's him saying, oh, God, yeah. I'm so sorry for all those things Bruno I did. Apologizes. I wasn't trying to oh. make you, I wasn't trying to make you sad and make the weather change. I was just trying to cheer you up. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> then Bruno says, got a lot of apologies that I got to say and goes up to Julieta. What does he need to apologize about to Julieta? I have no We don't get idea. to hear what he's got to say because she quickly interrupts him and says, hey, we're just a happy family and we're happy that you're here, okay? Maybe he prophesied that her husband would leave her for yeah, someone else. Yeah, maybe there was some sort of embarrassing <laughs> prophecy. Like, I don't be. know, her husband had an affair. 
and also, this is when Augustine butts into the shot just to say, all the triplets unite, and then hugs all of them. He's not one of the triplets. What is he doing there? <laughs> Why is he doing <laughs> <laughs> he's just like I'm part of the family yeah, no please don't reject me I know I'm on thin ice here <laughs> Dolores says yo I knew he never left I heard him every day anyway she knew he was there speaking of Dolores she's about to end up with the hunky boyfriend I thought for sure I was certain that they were going to have the hunky boyfriend end up with Bruno at the end <laughs> instead of Dolores wow. because that would fulfill his prophecy to her that he would end up betrothed to another he never got betrothed to Isabel. So his oh, prophecy yeah. hasn't come true yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, well. While they're rebuilding the house, Julieta is watching Mirabel work and she says, Dude. would you watch our little girl go? And Augustine And then he rubs it in. He says, she takes smile. after you. <laughs> <laughs> she takes after you. And I'm like, geez, Augustine, don't rub it in, man. You're yep. on thin ice here as it is. No, it's a joke. <laughs> She's he's, not even he's... related to Julieta. He's just ironically being like, she takes after you. <laughs> he's he making a lighthearted comment like, Maybe she's not your daughter, but she still takes after you because you're just that great of a mom, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He, he thinks he's doing good, but Why probably not. Why do people not? <laughs> not say what they mean when we're doing theories on them? It's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I know. Seriously, what's wrong with them? They're always good thing we're here to unpack it all. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story about how everyone is doing something they don't like or is unhealthy for them always for the good of the family, the irony being that it is bad for the family because every member of the family is unhappy and it is only good for Abuela because she mm -hmm. has set herself up as the family. So while yeah, they act like a group, family, it's, it's actually for all for her, just this one individual. And it's a wonderful emotional story. With the world's greatest, most realistic villain. So what do we think? Have we solved the mystery of why Mirabel did not get her power? Well, yeah, I mean, and I think it's something that was begging to be solved, right? Like when a movie yes. presents a mystery like that as like its central tenant, like this is the very first thing you learn is that she didn't get her power when she was supposed to. It's begging you to find out why. And uh, I think that we've found the most plausible reason why, which is that yeah, non-family members simple explanation. don't get it. <laughs> I mean, well, we had to so bend simple. over backward for some parts, but just the core no. explanation of it is simple. You have to be genetically related She's to not Abuelo a or he can't give you a power. And I think um, it makes the house, honestly, an even better character if you know that it's their loving grandfather who is still here watching over them after all these years. Well, that was a fun theory. Tune in because soon we are also going to do a Luca episode that includes Encanto. Yeah! Thank you so much for listening. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. If you like our podcast, don't forget to like rate review subscribe well, uh, hit us up on twitter at popcorn isn't real tell us what you do or don't like about our podcast if you have any theories let us know we'd love to talk about them or you know maybe cover them on the podcast it'd be fun if it's a good theory and until next time remember the, the popcorn, popcorn isn't, isn't real, real.